Welcome to the Revo Podcast. Revo Church is one church in multiple locations with a vision to spark a revolution of life change through Jesus. We hope to accomplish this through our core values of love big, serve hard, live bold, grow deep, and move forward. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website at discoverrevo.com. What's up, Revo South Fork? Thanks for hanging out with us this morning. If you guys are checking us out online, thanks for crashing the party with us. And if you're in the room or you're online, I've got a question for you. Who is the greatest? Who is the greatest of all time? Have you ever thought about that? Is, is Michael Jordan the greatest basketball player of all time? Is Tom Brady the greatest football player of all time? What about, what about boxing? Is, is Mike Tyson or Muhammad Ali the greatest boxer of all time? I know The Rock. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He calls himself the great one. And so that, that makes him the greatest of all time. Right? Or have you ever thought about businessmen? Who's the greatest businessman of all time? Is it, is it Jeff Bezos? Like, I love Amazon. Is it, is it Elon Musk? Is it... Is it Bill Gates? Is he the greatest businessman of all time? Or here you go, hot take. Who's the greatest president of all time? I don't want to know your answer. How do, you, how do you define greatness? Have you ever thought about that? How do you define greatness? What makes someone or something great? Is it fame or money or success? Does that mean that Taylor Swift or Harry Styles, that they're the greatest of all time? Maybe it was money, and, and Jeff Bezos, he has the money, so maybe he's the greatest of all time. But it, but it was money, and now it's generosity. And Bill Gates, uh, he's giving away his billions. Bezos has them. Bill Gates is giving away his, so that makes him the greatest of all time. Do you see how it can change? It can shift? Have, have you ever thought about being the greatest? Have you ever thought about being the greatest of all time? What does that mean in your own life? Or better yet, what's your definition of greatness? How do you define greatness in your own life? Is it when I get a job or I get a house or I get a spouse? Is it when my kids grow up and they move out of my house and they're set up on their own and then I enter the sweet grandparent phase of life? Is it when you get married or you get a job or you graduate and move out of your own house? You see, I believe that inside of us there is a desire for greatness. I think that each one of us desire to be the greatest husband or father, son or daughter, wife or mother. I think even if you don't like your job, that you may want to be the greatest of all time at your place of work. And I'm not talking about winning six NBA championships like Jordan or a bazillion rings like Tom Brady. I'm talking about knowing, like absolutely knowing at the end of your life that you have lived the greatest life of all time. Have you ever thought about that? What, what if I told you it was possible? What if I told you it was possible to live 75 to 80 years of your own life and know that you lived the greatest life of all time. I don't know about you. I don't know how you view your life right now. Maybe you're sitting there and you think, man, my life is good. Uh, it's, it's good or maybe it's, it's good enough. And some of us in here, we're sitting there and, and our life's pretty hard if we're honest with ourselves. Uh, we might be hopeless, might be directionless, might not have, not have a purpose or a care. What if there's a story in the Bible that you could take that story and you could apply it to your life today, this morning. And it could set you up to live the greatest life of all time. Would you be interested? 
to avoid building the suspense too much, I'll lay it out here for you. You want to know what it, what it takes to live the greatest life of all time. You want to know what it's going to take for you in your life to live the greatest life of all time. Our big idea. If you, if you don't write anything else down, then remember or write this down. You want to live the greatest life of all time? This is what you need to do. You got to listen to Jesus and do what he says. You have to listen to Jesus and do what he says. And that's it. In our passage today, I want to share with you the story. The story that changed mine and my wife's life. That when we put these principles into practice, that we began to live out the greatest life of all time. So if you have your phone, you can open up the Revo app. All of our scripture will be there. You can follow along. Our words will be on the screen. We're going to be in Luke chapter 5 this morning. And, And we're going to read what I believe is the greatest story in all of the Bible. And so let's pick it up. Our, our, our story starts in verse 1. It says, One day Jesus was standing by the Sea of Galilee. The people crowded around him and listened to the word of God. And Jesus saw two boats at the edge of the water. And they had been left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. So let me set the scene here for you. Jesus is early on in his ministry. And people are starting to notice Jesus, starting to hear about what he's doing. And word has started to spread. They're like, girl, did you hear what he did at that wedding? That water and the wine, that was nice. People are starting to be healed by Jesus. And like, did you hear? I heard from Sally's sister, dog walker's neighbor's cousin's best friend that she got her leg healed by Jesus. I need to see him. And now he has this big crowd of people in front of him and a lake behind him and a couple boats to the side. People want to be healed by Jesus or helped by Jesus. Some people might want to heckle Jesus. And he looks to the side and he sees just a couple of fishermen just sitting there, cleaning their nets. And so let's, let's see what Jesus does. And we pick the story back up in verse 3. He, that's Jesus, got into the boat belong, that belonged to Simon. And Jesus asked him to go out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down in the boat and taught the people. It's really interesting. Jesus looks around and he's like, these people are like in front of me and they're in my personal space bubble. I don't know about you if you have a personal space bubble. I have a personal space bubble. It's pretty big. Uh, and, and I have a daughter that likes to invade my personal space bubble, like, like face-to-face, nose-to-nose. And, and so Jesus was like, man, this, he was social distancing before social distancing was a thing. And he's like, I'm going to get in this boat. I'm going to go ahead and back up. These people, if they don't like what I say, then, then they can throw something at me and they're not going to reach me. I'm in the water. It's no big deal. And I guess he could have walked on water, but that would have freaked him out. So he's just like, I'm, I'm going to teach on this boat. And he sees, how many boats? How many boats did he see? Did you guys catch that? He saw two boats. And whose boat did he get into? He got into Simon's boat. That's interesting. Here's the first thing that you need to know about listening to Jesus and doing what he says. If you want to listen to Jesus and do what he says, the very first thing you need to know is this, that Jesus is speaking to me. Jesus is speaking to me. He's talking to you. It's specific. It's on purpose. Today, we can read a story like this, and we think that everything that Jesus does, it's accidental. It's coincidental. We think that the things that Jesus does don't have a purpose or a care or a cause. We think that we read the story and we say, well, Jesus just happened to be there that day. There happened to be a great crowd in front of Jesus. And he happened to be at the same spot where there happened to be a couple fishermen who happened to be out of their boats and happened to be washing their nets. And Jesus just played eeny, meeny, miny, moe, catch a tiger by his toe. If he hollers, let him go, eeny, meeny, miny, moe, with those boats. And it landed, just so happened to land on Simon's boat. And so we got into that. 
And, and we discount that Jesus speaks to them in their life and he does things on purpose. And we discount that Jesus speaks into our lives and does things on purpose. We think that everything that happens to us is just on accident. Maybe it's just a big coincidence. But did you know that Jesus doesn't do anything on accident? Did you know that Jesus does everything with a purpose and on a purpose and for a purpose? Jesus knew that Simon would be there that day. Jesus knew that there was a big crowd that was going to press in on him. Jesus knew that he would be at the right spot where there were two fishermen, and Jesus knew the boat that he was going to get into. And Jesus knows you. It says in Jeremiah 1.5 that before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Jeremiah 29.11 says, I know the plans I have for you, announces the Lord. And the psalmist writes in Psalm 139, verse 6, I'm amazed at how well you know me. It's more than I can understand. And so if God knows us, and he knows everything about us, why don't we believe that he speaks to us today? Why do we think that Jesus doesn't speak to us today? You see, we say stuff like, God, I wish you would show up in my life. I wish you would tell me what to do in this situation or that situation. God, if you would just show up in a big red flashing sign, then I would know what you want to do. God, if you woke me up in the middle of the night and were like, Josh, obey me. Then, God, then I would know it was you. And we're sitting around and we're waiting and waiting and waiting for God to show up or God to speak to us. And we're waiting for a voice instead of looking for a verse. We, we neglect all the words that God wrote out to us in the Bible because we don't believe that Jesus speaks to us today. In the Bible, 100%. Him and Simon, absolutely. They were standing there face to face. But now, in my life, in your life, we think no chance. Jesus doesn't speak to us. If you want to live the greatest life of all time, and I believe that that happens when you listen to Jesus and do what he says, then you have to realize that Jesus is talking to you. Sometimes we can hear Jesus talking to us and we begin to, to say, that wasn't for us. If I was Simon, this is what would happen. Uh, Simon would come up and, or Jesus would come up and I'd say, hey, Jesus, Jesus Christ, nice to meet you. Simon. And Jesus is like, hey man, can I get in your boat? I'm like, you talking to me? You're talking to me, Jesus? Have you seen James's boat? Look at James's boat. James's boat is nice. He's got the extended king cab on it, big cushioned seats. Have you seen James? He's strapped, like one stroke gets you out into the middle of that water. Me? Jesus? Me? I'm going to have to work really hard to get out there. I can't be doing that. Mm -mm. Me? You're trying to get in my boat? And we can say that's funny for him uh, and Jesus. It's funny for Simon. But, but we kind of do the same thing. And we say, God, that's a, that's a great idea. Jesus, that's, that's a great idea for me? No, that's not for me. You want me to do what, Jesus? You know what I'll do? I'll tell, I'll tell Pastor Nathan. Mm -hmm. I'm going to send him an email. That's a great idea for the church. The church can do that. I'm going to let the Revo professionals handle that. But me? Nah. Nah, I'm not going to do that. Or we say, ooh, that's a, that's a good idea, Jesus. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell my R group about it. Mm -hmm. I'll tell my R group and I'll, I'll let them do it. And I, I'm not going to do it. That can't be for me. And we're missing out on opportunities because we don't believe that Jesus speaks to us personally, intentionally, for a purpose and on purpose today. Simon realized that. He knew that Jesus was speaking to him. And our story continues in verse 4. When he finished speaking, it's Jesus, he turned to Simon. Jesus said, go out into the deep water. Let down your net so you can catch some fish. And Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and have not caught anything. 
Again, if I'm Simon and it's me and Jesus in the boat, I'm getting fired up. Jesus is teaching and he is just slaying these people. I just saw Jesus heal somebody walking up to, the, to my boat and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, my shoulder, it kind of clack, clack, clacks when I'm out there throwing the nets in and bringing them back and Jesus is going to say amen. He's going to get finished and then all of a sudden he's going to heal my shoulder. He's going to pop it right back into place and I'm going to be good as new. I'm like, I'm about to get hooked up by this Jesus guy. And Jesus gets finished and I start to row back to shore and I'm like, about to get my shoulder fixed. And Jesus looks down and he's like, no, wait. I'm like, let's go, Jesus. You're about to round two. You're about to slay these people. I love this. I'm just waiting for him to speak. He doesn't say anything. And he's not teaching anymore. And I look down and Jesus is like, nah, it's just me and you now. And Jesus is talking to me if I'm Simon and I'm in the boat. And he's like, hey, Let's go, let's go fishing. So if I'm Simon, again, this is where I start to make uh, some reasonable arguments with Jesus. I'm like, hold up, Jesus. You want me to do what? You want me to go out there? Hey, Jesus, did you know that I'm a fisherman? Uh, you saw what I was doing. I was cleaning those nets uh, earlier. And I, I don't know if you knew this, Jesus, but that crowd out there, they think I'm dumb. I'm a fisherman. They don't like me. They make fun of me. And Jesus, you know what, we, what I did last night? I fished. I fished all night, all night. Do you know where the fish were? No, I don't either because they weren't there. I was out there. Those fish, they gone. They asleep. They're in somebody else's boat. Like, I really don't know where they are. Uh, and if I listen to you and do what you say, Jesus, and it doesn't work, then they're going to make fun of me. If I listen to you and do what you say, Jesus, what are people going to say about me? It'll ruin my reputation. And if that didn't work for Jesus, then I would start to reason with him some more. I'm like, hey, hey, Jesus, here's the deal. Did you see me? Uh, what, I, what was I doing before you got here, Jesus? That's right. I was cleaning my nets. Do you know where the nets are right now? They're in this boat. Do you know what they are? They clean. The nets, they're clean. And, and I, you're telling me to do what? You're telling me to go out there? Do you know how far it is out there? It's going to take me 15 minutes to get out there. And I'm scrawny. It, like, I'm, my shoulder hurts. It's going to be in a lot of pain. I can't be doing that, Jesus. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have to let down those nets. You know what I'm going to pull in? Not fish. Now I'm have to put the nets back in my boat. Row back over here to where we are right now and then row to shore. Then I'm going to have to get my nets out. Then I'm going to have to throw them on the shore. Then I'm going to have to clean them. Jesus, if I listen to you and do what you say, it's just too much work. I can't, I can't be doing that much work. And if that didn't work, I'd appeal to his sense of self. And I'd say, hey, Jesus, here's the deal. You're a great teacher. I love your message out there. Killer message. It was amazing. And, and you're telling me to do what? To go fish. You know there's not going to be any fish out there. If I go out there and I listen to you and do what you say, and I pull in that net, and there's no fish in there, I'm going to have to tell those people that you told me to do it. If I listen to you and do what you say, Jesus, and it doesn't work, it's going to make you look bad. You don't want that, right? And I'd be full of excuse after excuse after excuse. Jesus, if I listen to you and do what you say, man, it's going to, it's going to kill my reputation. What will people say about me? If I listen to you and do what you say, it's too much work. If I listen to you and do what you say and it doesn't work, what, what's going to happen then? What will people say about you? In church, if you want to live the greatest life of all time, if you want to live a life where you listen to Jesus and do what you say, the next thing that you need to do is this. You need to eliminate the excuses. You have to eliminate the excuses. If you want to listen to Jesus and do what he says in your own life, you have to eliminate your excuses. If we want to be serious about the people that God's called us to be, we have to eliminate the excuses. But, but check this out. We're full of excuses. 
We say things like this to, our, to ourselves all the time. I'm going to eat healthy. This is, this is the day. Today is the day. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to go on the, the paleo or the keto or the veggio or the whatever diet, and I'm going to eat healthy. It's going to be it. And we're driving down Stratford, and the red beacon of light is on, and it's calling us into them. And our car's like, right through the drive-thru. And we get a dozen donuts, and we smash them before we pull out back onto Stratford. And we're like, you, you know what? I mean, I'm going to eat healthy, but I'll do that. I'm going to do that next time. Mm-hmm. Next time's the time that I'm going to eat healthy. I'll eat healthy next time. Next time, instead of stopping at Krispy Kreme, I'll get a salad. Next time. I'll do that next time. Or we'll say, hey, 2022, that's the year. That's the year I'm going to grow. I'm going to pick up my guitar, and I'm going to get good at it. I'm going to learn a foreign language. 2022, that's going to be the year that I read more books. And the best time to do that, that's at nighttime. And for me, it's, it's when my kids go to bed. I got all that free time. But, but you know what? Stranger Things season four came out. And, and I had to watch Stranger Things one, two, and three uh, to catch up to watch Stranger Things four. Uh, and so you know what? Next time, mm-hmm. next time when I'm done watching all of this and, and everything else in the Netflix queue, that's when, that's when I'll grow. That's when I'll, I'll learn these things. I'll, I'll get to that next time. Or I'm guilty of this. I'll say, this morning, today's the day. I'm going to go. I'm going to go work out in the morning. Mm-hmm. I'm going to jump on a Peloton or I'm going to go run. I'll sleep in my running clothes. I'll, I'll bang out like five or six miles before, before I, I, I wake up or before I, the sun comes up. And, and I'm like, I'll do it. And the alarm goes off and hits snooze. And then, then nine minutes later, the alarm goes off again and I'll hit snooze. And then Amy will wake up and tell me to get out of the bed. And then I'll go sleep on the couch. Uh, because, and I'll, I'll work out next time. Man, next time, that's when I'll do it. I'll, I'll get to that next time. And, and if we say those things about things where we know that are good for us, what do we say about things that we're not so sure of? What about this? God, I, I know that you've called me to be in an R group. Um, I know that I'm called to grow in my relationship with you. But God, uh, there's not an R group that meets on the night of the week that I have free. And God, I don't know anybody to, to go to an R group with me. What if they ask me a question? Uh, what? What if I have to pray and out loud? So here's what I'll do next time. Next time I'll join in our group. Next time I'll free my schedule. I'll do that next time. I'll listen to you and do what you say next time. Or God, I know that I'm called to serve both inside and outside of the local church. And I know you've given me gifts and skills, talents, desires to do so. But God, here's the deal. Kids, I hate kids. They're like little balls of terror. And and like middle schoolers, no chance. The weirdest people on earth. And, and well, people in general, God, God, I don't like to say hey to people. I don't like to shake people's hand, give them a fist bump, give them an L bump. I don't, I don't like to say what's up to people. Actually, I don't like people so much that I sit on my own row at church. That's why I'm by myself. I don't like people, God. I'm not really a people person. Or God, I, I know that I could serve and I could clean, um, but my house isn't clean. So you know what? Next time, next time I'll do this. Next time I'll serve. When all of the things line up, when there's a very specific opportunity for me to serve you, God, I'll do that next time. And we're living a life that's less than. Because with each opportunity that God gives us, we say next time. And those next times, they turn into never. And we never say yes to God. If you and I want to live the greatest life of all time, if you want to listen to Jesus and do what he says, this is what we need to do. We got to eliminate those excuses. We have to take the times that we've said next time and turn them into now's the time. 
Now's the time to live generously, not next time. Now's the time to live bold and tell your friends about Jesus, not next time. Now's the time to start a relationship with Jesus today, not next time. What's God telling you to do? Now's the time to do it. Simon knew that now was the time to listen to Jesus and do what he says. And so in the last part of verse 5, this is what happens. It reads, because you say so, that's Simon talking to Jesus, I'll let down the nets. Simon realizes that Jesus is talking to him and he eliminated excuses. And then this is what he did. He just did it. If you and I want to live the greatest life of all time, if you want to listen to Jesus and do what he says, this is the next thing you need to do. You need to just do it. That's it. Just do it. Whatever God told you to do, you have to just do it. Listen to the humility in Simon's voice. Because you said so, God, I'll do it. But, but notice, we don't, we don't really say that often. And this is what we say instead. Uh, God, because I want to, I'll do it. God, because I want something and I see something and I'll take something and I will do it. And because I want a bigger house or more stuff, I'll work more hours, I'll forsake my relationships with my family or friends, and I will do that because I want it. I want more money, so I go and I take it. Or God, I want more me time. I need more time for myself, and so I'll take it. I want it, I see it, I do it. And so I won't surround myself with people that know and love you. I won't give sacrificially of my time. Instead, I want, so I do it. Do you know who is involved in all of those decisions? It's, it's just you. But I get it, like we're in church and we probably want Jesus's involvement in our lives. And so we, we might not say, I want, so I do. And instead, this is what we say. We say, I want, so Jesus, you do. I want, so God, you do. And so we beg God, God, will you please give me this house? Will you please give me this spouse? Will you please give me this opportunity or that opportunity? And we answered already for Jesus. We said, the answer is yes. And so we pray and we beg God and we treat him like a genie in a bottle. Like if we rub him and then we, boom, he's up in front of us and we say amen and poof, all of a sudden we get what we want. And if he says yes to us, we love him. And if he says no to us, we hate him. Why? Because we think we know what's best. We think that we know the plans that Jesus has for our life and that we know better than he does. But that's not what Simon did. This is what he said. God, because you said so, I'll do it. Because you are who you say you are, there's something about you. You do what you say you're going to do, Jesus. Because I am not sure what's happening here, because you told me to do it, I'll do it. I'll sacrifice. I'll say yes. I'll take my time. I'll risk it for the biscuit. Because you said so, I'll do it. Simon just did it. What is the last thing that God told you to do? the last thing that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God told you to do. Have you done it? Why? Why not? What's holding you back today? Today, before you go to sleep tonight, what if you took a step forward in obedience to Jesus today? What if you said, now's the time to listen to you and do what you say? Simon just did it. And then check out what happens next. In verse six, it says, when they had done so, they caught a large number of fish so many that their nets began to break. So they motioned to their partners in the other boat to come and help. They came and filled both boats so full they began to sink. And when Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees. Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. You notice what happens. He has Jesus' plan plus Jesus' purpose. And then Simon inserts himself. 
And he gets to play a part of it. He gets to have his obedience and his submission to Jesus and his plan, and a miracle happens. Not because of anything that Simon did other than he was there. Notice how Simon changes. He changes the language that he uses. He becomes face-to-face with the miracle and the miracle worker. Now he knows that it's Jesus who does all of this. And he, he says, now you are not just master and teacher, you are my Lord. Simon falls down and he worships God. He comes now to the best part about greatness, the most important fact that we need to know about greatness. And the last thing that we'll leave you with this morning, that there's no greatness apart from Jesus. I mean, no Jesus, there's no greatness. But if you know Jesus, like really know him, then you'll know greatness. If you want to know greatness, then you have to know Jesus. And maybe you're in here and you have no idea who this Jesus is. I'm so glad you're checking us out, hanging out with us. I'd love to meet you and talk to you about what Jesus has done in my own life and how Jesus is faithful and just. And if you put your faith in him, that he would forgive you from all of your unrighteousness. What if today was the day, if you don't know Jesus right now, that you said yes to the invitation to be in a relationship with him? What if today was the day that you said yes to starting to walk out your greatest life of all time? A first step in obedience of listening to Jesus and doing what he says. If you're on team Jesus, then know the plans he has for your life. Know his plans for you, his purpose for you. Surround yourself with people that know and love him. Contribute to the cause of Christ. Get involved in a serve team. Sign up for an R group. What would it look like for you to listen to Jesus and do what he says? I'm afraid that we lay out of opportunities because we don't trust that God has all the plans and purposes figured out yet. I'm afraid that we lay out of opportunities because we want God's blessing without believing in the one that provides the blessing. I think that we lay out of opportunities and we say no to God because we won't get rid of our own pride and follow his plans instead of our own. Remember, no God, no Jesus, there's no greatness. But if you know God and you know Jesus, you'll know greatness. That knowledge, it fundamentally changed everything for them. Our story continues in verse 10. Then Simon said, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shores and they left everything and followed him. Do you realize how crazy this story is? They, they just won the jackpot. $1.38 billion Mega Millions jackpot. They just won. A, a catch of a lifetime. So many fish that their nets are breaking. They roll, rolled it on there. And again, if I'm Simon, this is what I'm going to do. If I'm Simon, I'm going to count my fish because all of those are money. I'm going to clean my nets. I'm going to go sell my fish. Then I'm going to get a nice gift for my wife and my kids, maybe, and definitely a nice dinner for me and Amy to have. And, and then I'm going to get that, cook that, sit back, relax, and go on vacation. It's, it's time to just coast. I just had the score of a lifetime, but that's not what they did. Instead, they left everything. Instead, they said, I'll follow you, Jesus. Man, Simon knew Jesus. He knew that there was no other response to him. He knew there was nothing left. There was no other reward other than to just listen to Jesus and do what he said. He was compelled to listen to him. He knew that it was Jesus talking to him. He left everything, eliminated all the excuses. Why? To just do it. Just to do the very thing that Jesus told him to do. To listen to him and do what he said, all because he knew Jesus and wanted to know greatness.
And so they follow Jesus. And Jesus ends up changing the world. And we can actually follow Simon's story. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 14, we see Simon, and his name is now Peter. And he's actually standing up in front of a large group of people. Much like Jesus was standing up in his boat in front of a large group of people some years before. And he's getting ready to teach them. And so in Acts chapter 2, verse 14, this is what it says. It says, Then Peter stood up with the eleven apostles, and in a loud voice he spoke to the crowd. My fellow Jews, he said, let me explain this to you. All of you who live in Jerusalem, listen carefully to what I say. So Peter preaches an absolute monster of a message. Just a banger of a sermon. And at the end of it, Jesus' words come true. Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll become fishers of men. Follow me, and I'll make you fish for people instead of for fish. So Peter concludes his sermon in Acts chapter 2, verse 40. And it reads, Peter said many other things to warn them. He begged them, save yourselves from these evil people. Those who accepted his message were baptized. About 3,000 people joined the believers that day. 3,000 people. So many people caught up in the cause of Christ like those so many fish caught up in the nets years before. Follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men, Jesus said. Follow me and I'll change your life. Follow me and you'll go from directionless and hopeless to on purpose and on mission. Follow me, Jesus says, and I'll change your heart. And follow me, Jesus says, and I'll set you up on a course that will blow your mind. Jesus is talking to you. It's specific. It's personal. It's only for you. He wants you to eliminate the excuses and just to do it. All so you can know him and know his greatness. And how do I know that's true? Because it's, it's happened in my own life. About 15 years ago, Amy and I were sitting in a church one day and we saw an opportunity to go to an interest meeting, uh, to a mission trip. And so we went to this meeting, and it was a mission trip to go to Belize. And, and I didn't know Belize from Bulgaria or Bolivia or Belarus, but, but we said yes. And we said we're going to listen to Jesus and do what he says. We said now's the time. Now's the time to listen to Jesus and do what he says. And so we went. We said yes. And then about four years after that, Amy and I find ourselves pursuing moving to Belize. And, and we had two kids at the time, and it didn't make any sense at all. We didn't know anything. Uh, our kids were two and ten months. I had just gotten a new job, and we had just built our dream house, and we said to ourselves and to God, we'll never leave here. But in our family, we listen to Jesus and do what he says, even when it doesn't make any sense, especially when it doesn't make any sense. And so we, we went. And it was hard. One of the hardest things that we've ever done as a family. And it was terrifying. It, it, it made me second guess my relationship with Jesus a few times. But in our family, we do hard things. In our family, we listen to Jesus and do what he says. And it was worth it. It was so worth it. And we find ourselves a few years later we continue to listen to Jesus and do what he said, and we meet a friend of mine to this day, Pastor Ed. 
And Pastor Ed and I became friends, and I began to go to Pastor Ed's house and sit on his couch. And we began to beg and ask God, Lord, what are you going to do in and through Pastor Ed and his ministry and his relationships? And it's through that time of asking God, what are you going to do in and through Pastor Ed that I find myself in Nicaragua, in some basueros, some dumps, where I'm taking the gospel to the least of these, to, to kids that live in the dump and work in the dump and eat in the dump and play in the dump. And I have a, a, a bottle of water and some candy and the gospel, and that's it. And I'm broken and I'm shattered and I'm asking God, there's got to be more that I can do. God's like, no, you're doing it. Just listen to me and do what I say. Eventually, our family finds ourselves back in the United States. And we're living in Winston. And we're driving to church one day when Reva met in the Children's Museum. And we passed Cross North Children's Home. And they say that they need foster families. I see the sign outside. And from the back, our kids say, we, we need to do that. We need to say yes. And so in March 2017, Zuleia moved into our home. And for around a thousand days, we rode the ups and downs of foster care. The highs and lows of wild emotional swings. And in December 2019, Zuleia got to change her last name. And we got to adopt Zuleia into our family. It was tough. It was hard. But in our family... We listen to Jesus and do what he says. We didn't wait for next time until we had everything figured out. We said, now's the time that we're going to listen to Jesus and do what he says. A few years ago, Revo had the opportunity to partner with a church in Walkertown. And they needed some skilled labor for the project. And if you guys know my wife, my wife is a highly skilled labor. Uh, and they needed some unskilled labor. And I am highly unskilled. And so I had a part to play. And... And with our family and a slew of volunteers, we, we, we poured blood, sweat, and tears into that facility. Family nights and fun nights, date nights and frustrating days, thousands of hours collectively. And now there's a church that meets in Walkertown right now, an anchor for the gospel in that community across from a middle school and high school. Why? Because you say so, God will do it. Because you say so, will say yes. And you can look at those opportunities and think, man, that's great for you guys. Josh, you're a pastor. Of course you have to do that. I could never do that. You know what I tell you? You're right. You can't do that. Those aren't your opportunities. Those are the times that Jesus spoke to us and we listened to him and did what he told us to do. But did you know that God is speaking to you today? He's impressed upon you, even this morning, some changes you need to make in your own life. He's calling you into a relationship with him, to know him more, maybe to know him for the first time. He's reminding you of the time and time again that you've made excuse after excuse after excuse to listen to him and do what he says. So what's stopping you? I know that that's for no one else. It's only for you. I don't know what your next step is. Everybody has a next step to take. What areas of your life are you making excuses? Where have you been disobedient? Where have you let your own pride creep in? What relationships do you need to repair with your spouse or your children or friends and family? Where are you settling for good enough when God's called you to greatness? And he's talking to you. The creator of the world is talking to you. What's he saying? It's personal. 
it's not for anyone else. It's time to eliminate your excuses to say that now's the time that you're going to listen to Jesus and do what he says. Your submission and your obedience. Remember, there's no greatness apart from Jesus. But if you know him, you'll know greatness. You want to live the greatest life of all time? Now's the time to listen to Jesus and do what he says. It starts today. Let me pray for you. Lord, you are so kind that you call us into a relationship with you. You speak to us through your word. And there are time and time again that we settle for good enough instead of the greatness that you may have called us to. Lord, right now, would you impress upon us what are you asking us to do specifically, personally, on purpose, for a purpose from you, Lord? What excuses are we making in our own lives? Where have we said no? Where have we delayed obedience? May we eliminate all those excuses and take a step forward towards you today. God, can we just do it? May we know you, know your greatness more. Now's the time, not next time, now's the time that we listen to you and do what you say and take a step forward to live the greatest life of all time. That only comes from your help. And so, Jesus, please help us. Pray these things in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Revo Podcast. We believe everyone has a next step to take in their relationship with Jesus. If you would like more information on what that means for you, or if you have any questions about today's message, please email us at info at discoverrevo.com.